0: is from the book of the second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in His ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or falsely God's words, but by the open statement of the truth, we command ourselves to the consciousness of everyone in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. in the case of the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God for we do not proclaim ourselves we will proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as slaves for Jesus' sake for it is the God who said let light shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death. Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh, so death is at work in us, but life in you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Okay, let's give it up for Cece Keeble back. Cece, that was amazing. And... Uh, we are so glad that CC and her dad, Jason, are here with us in church. What a gift. Um, Cece is a sixth grader at Maple Grove Middle School, and it was just so good to see you and receive your words in scripture. Okay, kids, so believe it or not, Disney has created a character with this scripture, and I'm going to put up a picture of our favorite little teacup named Chip from Beauty and the Beast. And I thought about Chip, you don't even notice it, but Chip has a chip, right? Um, Right there, Uh, his brokenness is apparent. Um, But I don't know about you, but I don't receive Chip and look at him like something's wrong or he's broken, Chip's just being Chip. And in our scripture today, uh, we hear that we are, uh, there's a treasure in a clay jar, we're all clay jars, our bodies are clay jars. And I love how Disney so subtly uh, but so evidently points that out in this movie. And so I'm thinking of Chip today. And then I wanted to tell you another story, too. Um, When my daughter Caroline was a tiny baby, I broke my ankle. And so uh, really hard to figure out how to be a mom when I couldn't stand up to hold her. But I wasn't able to sleep at night. And finally, Randy said to me, Beth, what is going on? And I said, I'm so worried that if something would happen in the night, I wouldn't be able to get Caroline. And he looked at me and he goes, I would. And I was like, duh, of course. He said, I would get her and I would help you. And I realized I was carrying in my body this sense of I had to control and fix everything on my own and I was missing the community and the love and the people who were around me to help me in my brokenness. And I think we forget that, that we're not alone, that we don't have to carry that burden on our own. And so we need people to remind us to say, hey, fall asleep because you're going to be okay. I'm here. And so um, I think in this scripture, um, at the end it says, Death is at work at us, but life in you. I'm not quite sure who that you is in this letter, um, but I think we need to be reminded that when we feel death or brokenness, that there is life around us and it often comes through the word or the presence or the care of someone around us. So um, kids, I invite you to hold that. Think about those people around you um, when you're broken um, that they're there to help, and then you can help them as well. And here's your little task. I want you to look around your house and see something that you still, you love, and it has a crack in it or it's broken. Take a picture of that and take a picture of you with that. Have your parents do that. And then send it to us at church. And Connor Stroman is amazing, and he takes all these pictures and he puts them together. You can send them. I think there's a little note on the screen, tech T E C H at M O P L Y dot org. And the band has a little surprise for us while Pastor Joel comes up for his sermon.
2: Glad to be with you, Mount Olivet, wherever you are, in grace and peace and strength to you from God in the name of Jesus. Amen. What you start with matters. Imagine, we heard Cece read this scripture, and imagine if we didn't have the first verse. It would come across like someone giving a rehearsed speech about why they should get a job promotion. Listen, it would, it, it would, it would sound like this. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning and to falsify God's word. We commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone. And those people, they're perishing. The God of this world has blinded their minds. Can you hear the tone? Self-confidence on the outside, insecurity and desperation on the inside. Why? Because of where they began. It begins with we. The speaker in this version of scripture is living life as though everything falls to them and they want you to know about it. They are at the center of the story they're telling. And it doesn't sound like it's going to have a happy ending. It doesn't sound sustainable. But put that first verse back in there and the whole thing sounds different. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's words, for we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. Can't you hear the astonishment Every phrase hides bemusement, like the speaker is still struggling to articulate how they ended up here, because this is not what they had planned. This is not what should have happened, but lo and behold, it has, and despite any doubts that they might harbor about themselves, they understand that they are caught up in the movement of God in the world, and that in their very bodies— the life of Jesus is being made known. And why? Why the shift of tone? Because they have started their story with God's mercy. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. What we start from matters. You all know about starting, you do it every morning. And consciously, or more commonly, unconsciously, we start our days by telling ourselves a story about the world, how it operates, our place in it, and where we will find meaning and direction. And we live our days out accordingly within the the confines of these stories. If we tell ourselves a story that it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, then we'll probably spend our days eating up other people. If our story starts with telling ourselves that we're not worth a can of beans, then we're gonna act like we belong on a shelf. What story are you starting from? It's worth examining. Perhaps it's that classic American story of be more. Heads down, lean in, accumulate power and status and influence and stuff. Don't pause and savor it. Don't question why. Because if you'll stop, you'll lose the drive. And the drive is the only thing worth living for. Or maybe it's the cynical story called, why bother? The same folks always win, the game is rigged, my voice doesn't make a difference. Sure, I'll make the minimal effort to skate by, but dreaming, that's a waste of time. Or perhaps you start with the story of, make yourself small, don't offend, don't rock the boat, get yourself in line. Conform, perform, ignore your gut, silence your own needs. You're here because someone needs to make sure the whole thing runs smoothly. All of these stories, they sound like this scripture without the first verse. They put the teller at the very center, and they are not sustainable What would it look like for you to start your story with God's mercy? What would it mean for you to look at your life and before rushing off to those places of worry or the to-do lists or the things that you wish you could change or the unresolved hurt, to pause and to think, therefore, since it is by God's mercy that I am engaged in this life that I'm leading, I do not lose heart. Mercy. It's one of those churchy words that means nothing and everything at once. We've been taught that mercy is when God could punish us, but chooses not to. But mercy is a lot wider than that. You all know the story that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan... How he found a bloodied, half-dead man by the side of the road, and he bandaged his wounds. He put him on his own animal. He brought him to safety at an inn and paid for his lodging and care. And the man listening to Jesus tell, tell that story describes the Samaritan as the one who shows mercy. Mercy is a bandage on our wounds, It's someone who brings us to where we need to go. It's finding a safe place in a dangerous world and the freedom that comes with the space to heal. Mercy is any time we receive life from outside of ourselves. Mercy is the goodness that we didn't work for, but that still comes tumbling in any way and then sweeps us up into its flow. Mercy is the beginning of the story God yearns for us to tell. A story of astonishment and wonder and gratitude. I knew a man who used to live his life with the story of be more. He had a demanding career and he was good at it. And so he raised his kids to be just like him. Raised his kids to achieve, to work hard. And eventually, that story of be more, it failed him. His marriage fell apart. His kids felt distant from him and they went to live with their mom. And on top of it all, he lost his career too. This was years before I knew him. By the time I met him, he was starting his story with mercy. He had remarried, and in his late 50s, he became a father again. And he couldn't believe it. He thought he had had his chance at being a father and had blown it, but now here he was with an eight year old daughter, and you could just see him sit and watch her in wonder. Watching her grow is the most strange and satisfying thing, he told me once. He no longer felt he needed to take charge of his children's lives anymore, nor was he resigned to just stand to the side after losing their trust. He knew it was by God's mercy that he was engaged in this story, and so he showed up differently and received his daughter, his relationship, the life he was leading, as a gift. Or there's a story I love about a white pastor in Alabama who during the 1960s sat out the Civil Rights Movement. Sure, he was supportive, but he didn't want to make a big stir in his parish. It was too controversial, too political, And the Civil Rights Movement came and went, and he lived with that guilt for decades. But then, the opportunity came for him to organize against the cruel treatment of immigrants in his community. And he would show up to the demonstrations, and he would sit there just weeping, not because he was proud of himself for the stand he was taking, but because, as he said, I turned down the invitation to join God's party before, and I never thought I'd get another chance. He knew it was by God's mercy that he was engaged in this story, and so he no longer feared the bumps within his congregation and willingly traded in a portion of his own comfort For the safety and dignity of others. Where we start from matters. The story that we live by matters. And I think a large part of what it means to have faith. Is to shift that starting point of our story. The crack is where the light gets in. We're saying this all through the season of Epiphany, and one of the biggest cracks is the way that our individual stories sag and crumble apart under their own weight. Chances are, you already know, you can see the cracks in your own small story. Chances are, you're quite good at patching them over or learning to ignore them but maybe the invitation is to try something different. See what happens if you just stand back. Let those cracks in your story with you at the very center continue to widen. You might just realize that beyond the confines of that story lies a much larger story. A story that starts in a different place. A story that you're a part of. A story that is always being written. In every corner of the universe, God's story. And no, we will never tell this story perfectly. We are humble clay jars, as this scripture says, doubtless, some of us with nicks and scratches. And yet here is the promise. God is still pleased to use us to store extraordinary treasure And to shine from our lives the very life of Jesus, who is a source of mercy so strong that it cannot do anything but sweep us forward into the world with wonder and astonishment. So do not lose heart, mercy abounds. Goodness still tumbles in through no work of your own, and it cracks you open from yourself into the world. It is by God's mercy that this happens, and that is the start and end of all of our stories. Amen.